Our reading and hearing of scripture and the word proclaimed are made effective by the work of the Holy Spirit. Will you join me as I pray the prayer of illumination? Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to receive all that leads to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading this morning comes from Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good, I am no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also. My heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give up, give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament scripture is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 and verses 13 through 25. Listen for the word of the Lord. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become enslaved to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite or devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, 
anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I have warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Almighty and everlasting Father, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This passage is part of the Apostle Paul's letter to the churches in North Galatia and probably inclusive of the churches in South Galatia as well. Paul's letter to the Galatians is an angry letter because the Galatians, these relatively new churches, were sold a false bill of goods. The teaching of the gospel of Christ to the Galatians by the Judaizers were a distortion of the true gospel of Christ. The Judaizers were followers of Christ who believed more in the ceremonial practices and rituals found in the Old Testament than in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Paul's letter to the Galatians is, is indeed angry, an angry letter in which he sets the record straight because Paul believed, as we believe today, faith in Jesus is what saves us. We don't need to observe Jewish laws such as circumcision or kosher food restrictions. The backstory to our text today is found in the preceding chapters. In chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul gets right to the point saying to the Galatians, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in, grace, in the grace of Christ and are turning to different gospels. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. You see... The Galatians knew the Paul of old, Saul, the Christian persecutor. They knew the conversion story, how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, how he was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and proclaimed Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Paul was astonished. Because just as God was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, God was at work in Paul, an apostle to the uncircumcised. 
Yet the circumcised Jews in Christ were withdrawing from the uncircumcised Gentiles in Christ and demanding they hold the customs of circumcision to, the, to be followers of Christ. This was indeed a major distortion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, Paul takes a common sense approach to get the Galatians back on track by asking them, the only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of law or by what you heard? Are you so foolish? Have you started with the Spirit and are now ending with the flesh? The Galatians, being confused by the Judaizers, fell prey to rituals of old that demanded circumcision as a sign of their righteousness. Brothers and sisters, this is simply not true. The Judaizers are preaching a false gospel, and Paul reminds the, the Galatians that before the law of Moses, Abraham believed in God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. The scripture says the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be reckoned as righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to the disciplinarian. For Christ in Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Have you ever felt the pressure to do something to fit in? I imagine how the Galatians must have felt, fairly new followers of Christ, wanting to get it right, feeling the pressure of the Judaizers to get circumcised and wanting to be righteous servants of God. Certainly, our youth today feel the pressure every day, if not at school, then certainly through social media that is accessible 24-7. The pressure is on our youth to dress a certain way, participate in certain clubs and sports, and talk and act a certain way so they don't stand out in a crowd. The pressure is on to be a part of the in crowd. The pressure from the Judaizers on the Galatians, and the Galatians fell right into the trap of works of the flesh. Paul points the, direct, the Galatians towards freedom for a life lived in the Spirit. He says in Galatians 5 and 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Well, what was Paul talking about? I tell you, he was talking about the illustration he provided in Galatians chapter 4 about Abraham's wives, Hagar, the slave woman, and Sarah, the free woman. The story of these two women provides an excellent illustration of our freedom in Christ and our bondage when we do not accept God's grace. The scripture tells us, now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. This is 
Jerusalem, of the Judaizers, the symbol of slavery. But the other woman, Sarah, mother of Isaac, corresponds to Jerusalem above. She is free, and she is our mother. She is the woman who once was barren, but whose children are numerous. Now you, my brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, like Isaac. The Galatians were confused. Having accepted Paul's message of freedom, the Galatians found themselves unsure about the moral rules of everyday living. Consequently, they turned to the Jewish law for guidance and structure. For the Galatians, the law and the life of a Jewish believer is a fence or a protective barrier to make sure that the identity of the chosen Israel, Israelite community is preserved in the midst of all nations. The law can also be a tutor whose task is to supervise the education of the children of a household. The role of the tutor ends when the child becomes an adult, a stage that would end with the coming of Christ. But Paul reiterates in verse 13 that the Galatians were called to be free in Christ, but that freedom did not mean indulging in the desires of the flesh. And Paul spared no expense in detailing these precisely what he meant by the flesh because he gives a very detailed list in verses 19 and 21. I won't read them again. You can read them later. Engaging in desires of the flesh leads to all kinds of problems and brokenness that result in the breakdown of the community of believers. Friends, Paul summed up free freedom in Christ in verse 14, and it is this, love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to keep the whole law, just love your neighbor. The Galatians were so busy trying to fit in, so busy working for righteousness and keeping the law through rituals like circumcision that they cut themselves off from Christ. Paul speaks of freedom in Christ that says, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Where freedom is so understood, it leaves room for genuine diversity. The Galatians need not be bound by anxiety about pleasing others or meeting expectations imposed on them by those who fancy themselves the guardians of order, the Judaizers. The Galatians are accountable only to God, in whose service is perfect freedom. Paul admonishes them to live by the Spirit, just the opposite of living by the desires of the flesh. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The fruit of the Spirit promotes 
communal well-being. The Galatians had a choice. Will they choose what will they choose? Slavery, law and flesh, or freedom, faith in Christ, and life in the Spirit. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God wants us to live by the Spirit and be guided by the Spirit so that we can be in community with the diverse believers in Jesus Christ. So how can we live by the Spirit today? First, to live by the Spirit, we must do as Paul says in verse 14, for the whole law is summed up in a single command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the key. To love your neighbor as yourself is to strive for the well-being of all people in good times and bad times. When we love our neighbors, we boldly go out into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit, eager and willing to help those in need. When we love our neighbors as ourselves, we go out with an attitude of restoring the broken and hopeless world back to holiness and wholeness. Beloved, when we live and are guided by the Spirit, we are motivated to live and be in community with others as God intends for us. And as we venture into our new spaces, loving our neighbors, we promote the rest of the fruits of the Spirit to flow naturally from love to joy and peace and patience and kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Have you ever experienced the fruit of the Spirit? A few months ago, uh, Pastor Calvin and I were in a drive-through at a fast food restaurant where we experienced the fruit of the Spirit, some refer to as a random act of kindness. We placed our order, and when we pulled up to the window to pay and receive our food, the attendant said, it's already paid. We looked at each other and said, there, there must be a mistake because we haven't paid for anything yet. But they would not accept our money because the order balance was already zero. So we paid it forward. We paid for the car behind us. Love is contagious. If we follow the one command to love our neighbors, the fruit of the Spirit will flow naturally. John 15 and 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Love is the key to living by the Spirit. Finally, sanctification is necessary to live by the Spirit. According to Bible scholars, uh, sanctification is the going, outgoing invitation to host God's presence, a presence that radically transforms our relationships, an acceptance that allows God's spirit to love us into a new life, an abundant life, and finally, everlasting life. We must strive to establish and nurture 
our relationship with God and the diverse children of God, which requires discipline. Those of us who play instruments, do sports, and engage in hobbies that require skill and technique know it takes discipline to successfully engage in these activities. Otherwise, you could just pick up any instrument and play, but would it be music without the discipline of learning notes and chords and practicing those notes and chords that lead to playing a song? Or you could hit a golf ball here and there, or you could discipline yourself by taking lessons and practicing so that you hit the ball with the intention toward the direction of the cup. Setting aside time daily to learn about God, to talk to God, is necessary. It is necessary for us to grow in the body of Christ. It is necessary as we live and grow in the community of believers. The good news for us today is we are free in Christ. We are no longer under the law and fenced in by rituals and customs because God sent his son, his only son, as a sacrifice that we might have everlasting life. And Jesus and the Father sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. My Father is glorified by that, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Brothers and sisters, be free in Christ and live by the Spirit. To God be the glory. Amen.